place for chuckles and a podcast for the curious. Here, Rob and Lloyd attempt to teach you something new every week and invariably <laughs> fall short. Over to you, gentlemen. Giggle mugs. Giggle mugs. Giggle <laughs> Uh, I imagine everyone listening is as excited as I am for episode two of season five of Giggle Mugs, Giggle Mugs, Giggle Mugs. Um, uh, Rob, it is... Nope, what are you a, drinking? Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Okay. I was going to give the AM, but I was going to do it in a way that makes it seem like we're not doing it right after episode one. Oh, perfect. Fire away. Now that you've called me out and asked me to do it, I don't know what I was going to say. Rob, it's later than episode one. Because it's a different day, yeah. Either time or day, month, Distance, year. No one, no one knows. But it is still morning. It is. Are you still drinking a coffee? That would be so much coffee. Uh, no, uh, what, what do you think this sounds like? Weird. Why did you make that strange noise? <laughs> that was like, a t- did you- <laughs> total accident. I tried to like <laughs> make a noise but it ended up just a little air bubble on one part of my mouth and made a little fart <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what but is i'm that still s- gonna guess <laughs> what i'm still gonna guess like to you lloyd that sounded like a blueberry pie sour nope it's a fresh oj oh, imagine if i got it though that would have been dope no, um, a look- screwdriver y- yes yeah no it's actually a stein of screwdriver yeah wow that's, how to start a day that's what's happening well today done. and we're not going to question that any further what are you drinking um, I finished my Guinness the last episode, which could have been yesterday or the day before. We're not sure. I'm drinking a beer by a company called Mayflower, uh-huh. which is the ship that brought all the racists to America. Perfect. I bought it because it's the the printed sticker on the can is done as if it's covers of various leather-bound books. Ah, uh, cool. And in fact, the beer is called Leather-Bound Books. Oh, I feel like have you had, you've either told me about this before or had it before. Is it delicious? And does it taste it's, like Leather-Bound Books? <laughs> it's been in my fridge for a while. Oh, so cool. it could be the same batch. Yeah. It's an 8% porter. Solid. But eminently drinkable. And it does have a certain leathery quality to it, but in a, in a smooth sense rather than a, a, a rather, chewy sense. Rather than an eating book sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Perfect. Uh, well, this promises to be fun then. Oh, yes. Well, I would like to know, Lloyd, how far apart we are because I I just get so confused when I don't drink. I mean, when I drink steins full of screwdrivers. You had me worried for a second then. Well, you're in luck. I, I thought I might be. <laughs> Between us, us. Rob. Yes. <clears throat> Alrighty, Rob Almighty. There are... <laughs> 155,791.666667 oh. siphonophores. <laughs> oh, <laughs> great. What did you learn this week? What's a siphonophore? It's, it's even fucking weirder than the name. It really, really gives me the EVG. How do you spell it? So a, a siphon, S-I-P-H-O-N. Siphonophore, yeah. O- I got it. P-H-O-R-E. It's oh. related to, to jellyfish, um, and it looks like a long gelatinous string. Uh, zooids makes it up. A zooid is a type of cell, and basically these cells form little colonies that create what is essentially 120 meters of weird, slimy cell structure string in the ocean. In the deep ocean, very deep ocean. Well, that links well, Lloyd. What did you learn this week? <laughs> let's, let's dive right in. 
This week I learned that baited high-tech cameras developed by the CSIRO, which I forgot to look up what it stands for, but it's like science people in Australia. Uh, Criminal scenes <laughs> in relative oceans. <laughs> Nailed it. I love how you dive into that with a similar commitment that I tend to do with um, <laughs> abbreviations. That's what we're all about. Commitment without anything to back it up. Commitment statements in retrospective oceans. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Equally as good. Oceans that I've only thought about. Is that what a... <laughs> anyway. Shut up. <laughs> the CSIRO. <laughs> Baited high-tech cameras developed by the CSIRO and deployed between 1,000 and 4,000 meter depth of water off the Gascoigne coast of Western Australia. And guess what, Lloyd? Things that they saw will shock you. So click, oh, click, click the link, Lloyd. Do it. Click the link. <laughs> click the link. I already unsubscribed. Click the link. I had unsubscribed. I've actually removed you from my friend list. <laughs> Damn it. Well, I guess what did you learn this week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, things will not... Well, they might shock you a little bit, but this is real science, so shut up. The CSIRO, which as we know is the concentrated stupidity in real oligarchs. Oh, what a twist ending. <laughs> Where do you think I was going? Oceans again? O- oceans, yeah. <laughs> now we need to know what it stands for. Take a real guess. Uh, community studies, independent research of our oceans. That's bad, but it's, I've got to get at least a couple of those words right. Uh, what does it stand for? Ah, uh, the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization. I didn't get a single one right. No, you wow. didn't. Australian government agency responsible for science, all scientific research. Huge That's responsibility. a lot. So, the CSIRO deployed a deep toed camera system in 4,000 meters of water. What, Lloyd? Toad as in the foot or toad as in Yeah, it's uh, a massive big toe dragged along the bottom of the ocean, you dickhead. So it's an ugly frog. <laughs> what? No, T-O-W-E-D. Ah, toad. Okay. The I mean, third one I didn't think of. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Which makes much more sense than a foot or a frog. I like Granted. The, I like the frog one. Deep toad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Pokemon. Deep toad. Uh, Defeats now shadow I'm, Now toad. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting because I feel stupid. Please continue. <laughs> uh, it was a deep water system camera that was towed along the bottom of the ocean what does that mean uh four thousand meters of water off the back of a boat um and while it did this the baited remote underwater video system yep you guessed it lloyd shorthand referred to as deep bruvs <laughs> how good is that i don't i'm not even sure why it's 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 exactly as you would spell oh bruv deep bruvs Welcome to the CSIRO Massive. This is a deep bruv. <laughs> the CSIRO Massive. Now that is a long acronym. So the deep, the deep, the, damn it, this is devolved. It's a mega frog with a camera in 4,000 meters of depth. It was like 30 seconds ago. You were like, Lloyd, this is real science. So shut up. I genuinely wrote that in my notes. Uh, Okay, so the, the big frog with the camera is in 4,000 meters of water, and the CSIRO Massive is in 1,000 meters of water. Mm. So that's like an underwater system that they drop off the boat, whereas the big frog is the one they drag behind a, a research vessel. So the 1,000 meter one is untethered, it's just chilling. 
It may, yes, I think so. It's it's remote. Mm-hmm. It's deep breaths. <laughs> yep. Um, so I wrote <laughs> my next one. Coincidentally, says the deep toad camera is pretty self-explanatory, but it was not. <laughs> <laughs> it was not at all. There were three options, and I picked the two. It wasn't. <laughs> but the deep bruvs, <laughs> the CSIRO massive, is pretty cool. Bruv. It carries a 10, 10 kilo payload of delicious liquefied fish bait. Mm-mm. And yeah, mm. yeah, Lloyd, you, you heard this right. It spurts it out at regular intervals. <laughs> so the bruv spurts all over 1,000 meters. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit fishy. Awesome. The idea is that it spurts at regular intervals to attract species that would normally evade other means of scientific capture and tagging. Um, and once the bait spurt has attracted something interesting, the lights and cameras flick on, and it sounds chaos. It's like, oh, we saw something. Bam! Illumination. Photos. Photos. It's like the underwater paparazzi. Yeah, that's interesting, actually, because I think about when you see footage, you go on YouTube and see footage of, like, deep-sea submarines, and they're just kind of cruising along pretty slowly at the bottom. I always think they've got these massive lights so we can see it the ocean is pitch black and you've just got this like ball of light just cruising along the bottom a fish can probably see it from like half a mile away and it's like well i'm just gonna stay away from that stupid fucking thing you know what this reminds me of rob this reminds me of grandmaster flash the rap slash adventure photography, <laughs> who, DJ photography. who uh, we spoke about who set up flash traps yeah. where the animal would trigger something so you get like the natural image well the natural image of that would be like holy shit because <laughs> it's just yeah, being well, doused in bright light <laughs> that it's never seen before so the science paper was like turns out all nocturnal animals are fucking scared of everything they exist in <laughs> yeah. a constant state of terror <laughs> they have massive eyes massive pupils <laughs> oh lordy anyway so i think the camera system let's dive right in back to <laughs> yeah let's kick this right off uh, the camera systems, I think, were developed a few years ago, but the particular article that I read was written at the beginning of this year after a specific voyage to explore sea life in the Gascoigne and Carnarvon basins, which are off the northwest coast of Australia, uh, at the end of last year. So it's, re- it's still relevant. I think it still counts. Very relevant. So during these expeditions, they have captured at least three new species of shark, and loads wow. of marine invertebrates, which I think is like the crusty boys. Yep. Um, that have never cool. never been seen before, as well as a bunch of species that have been recorded, are known to science, but never seen before in Australian waters. And some crabs and lobsters that have never been caught by regular sampling because they're too sneaky. So cool. Yeah, pretty dope. So what did what did we see, Lloyd? What what did we see? On this expedition, we me and you and the CSIRO massive <laughs> Saw sea urchins that were brightly, that had brightly iridescent blue and purple stripes. Pretty cool. Saw Ooh, some stripes. Yeah, mega glass sponges. What's uh, a mega glass? Yeah, it's not for cleaning your favorite beer glass, Lloyd. This this mega glass sponge. Uh, it's like a mega sponge, but it's made of glass. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So it's a sea sponge that grows long, glass-like structural particles called spicules that are made of silica which is hence why they're called glass sponges um and the one seen on camera were up to three meters in length so the the sponge has a body but it's growing these long spiky bits and the yeah, long I'm looking spiky- at a picture of it <laughs> sorry I've, i i have to interrupt you right now I, I have to and you'll understand why i, ex- I googled mega glass sponge yep 
um, and I got picture one, some some mega glass sponges. Yep, that they, they look scientifically categorized. I get to picture five, and I get a picture of the anal fantasy mega <laughs> anal glass gaper. <laughs> no. Rear view uh, tunnel design for incredible access. <laughs> Wide open view. Epic ascape. <laughs> oh, oh scientists. No. I'm so sorry. You did all this work to get four pictures on Google Images before the anal <laughs> fantasy mega anal caper. <laughs> that is deeply disappointing. Oh, dear. I, How many millions of dollars went into researching this? And yeah. it's the fifth picture. Anyway, I'm sorry. I had to interrupt for the Megalanal Gaper. I mean, well-deserved. Returning to science. So there's the body of a sponge and they grow long spiky things. And the ones caught on camera in this expedition were three three meters of spicule. Three meter length spiky bits hanging off them. That's long. It's a big old spiky sponge. That's very long. So they saw some sea cucumbers. Apparently sea cucumbers are typically known in the scientific community as headless chicken monsters. (laughs) Because they're just kind of dumb, but maybe they're not so dumb, Lloyd. They saw. Do bl- they move? Let me, let me get to it. Ooh, sorry. They saw bright purple sea cucumbers, pretty cool already, flying, Lloyd. They saw them flying above the seabed and launching themselves off the seafloor to catch stuff. So it's just like a blob being like, poof, floating up. So they're like farting out of one end to propel themselves. I guess so. To grab something. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. That's pretty. That surely involves some kind of sensory things or intelligence. That means they can aim at something. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, and like for a sea cucumber, the purple one is pretty cool. It's good looking. Oh, is it? Yeah. Does it have a a num? A what? If I Google it, am I going to get like purple <laughs> sea sea cucumber vaginal gaper? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Lloyd. I don't know. Let me open up the article. That the article. Nah, it's. It's all sea cucumbers, and it is it is pretty cool. Yeah, and they also saw some big old some big old king crabs measuring over twenty oh, yeah? centimeters. King crabs are pretty cool, quite impressive. Like if you saw that yeah, on the cool. beach or something coming towards you, you would be like, "Nope, I am leaving now." And I would flip out. That's for a sure. big yeah. crab. Yeah, uh, but never... they got that. They're really like they're like tentacly legs. Yeah, very spiny. Yeah, uh, spiny. Never seen before in WA waters. So that's kind of cool. Uh, and then Ooh. I'm gonna be honest with you, Lloyd. I hoped for something a little more like sea monstery, but I obviously didn't read the whole article before reading the title and being like, "Yep, that's what I'll do for this episode." The big takeaway, Lloyd, is as awe-inspiring as large pizza. <laughs> the big takeaway, large pizza, is as awe-inspiring as our episode that covered bugs in the Amazon. Right? Do you remember that? Wow! How we were like, <clears throat> I do. Damn. So we're somehow still lucky enough to have not destroyed all things good and wonderful on this earth, that even after so much discovery, there is still new biodiversity out there to keep us going. Wow, that is incredible. It makes me emotional. Yeah. So do you want to butt in here with any sea facts you've got before I carry <clears throat> on? I'd love to. The two <laughs> things I have to butt in with. Is your one research is... for this episode two dot points? No, it's two things, multiple dot points. Okay. The first thing is an interesting fish. <laughs> I do love an interesting fish. <laughs> creature. The second thing is a game. Which would you like first? Uh, I would like the interesting fish because we just talked about some other ones. The interesting fish is called the black swallower. Oh. It's a deep sea fish found... So I googled um, ah. like creepy 
deep and deep sea animals yeah and a lot of it is stuff that we have seen a lot and just like has done the rounds on the clickbait stuff yep. this one was pretty new to me yeah nine thousand feet it eats fish whole yep that's why it's called the, the black swallower yep even fish that are twice its size yep um they've got a massive jaw that they like extends really creepily to eat things yeah but hilariously not to them, to me. <laughs> if they get too greedy and eat a fish that's too big, they can still swallow it, but it sits in their expendable stomach. And because it takes them too long to digest it, uh-huh. it releases decomposition gases. And the black swallower slowly floats to the surface <laughs> until the low pressure kills it. <laughs> really? Yeah, the pictures yeah. has got this big like stomach sack thing where it keeps the things it's swallowed. Yeah, it's oh. so, like literally twice its size, which I think is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And because it's a deep sea fish, it's got the creepy eyes and the creepy everything. Like they just sharp teeth. They just look weirder and grosser the deeper you go. They really do. And this one's got a mega belly. God was like, nah, no one's going to find him. Just fuck it. Put all the weird ones down there. (laughs) For some reason, on Google Images, there's a bunch of pictures of this fish. And then there's a Pokemon card where someone's put a picture of this fish and called it the black swallower 50 hp it does ram for 10 damage or swallow whole if the defending pokemon has a max hp of 50 or less flip a coin if heads the defending pokemon is discarded oh eat shit defending pokemon boots all right bring it back lloyd you got a game for us oh game all right rob i have a game for you oh wow you got a game for me so the game is you have to put things in the correct order Okay. Or, if that's too difficult, <laughs> you can give me what you think. You know what? Fuck that. You give me... There's too many things for you to remember to put them in the correct order. Okay. Give me what you think the PSI is. The atmospheric pressure in the average home or office, so where we're sitting right now, we- sits around 14 to 15 PSI. I hate PSI. I'm an engineer and I work in not PSI. Well, deal with it. Yep. No Googling. So, atmospheric pressure... We are currently pressure, sitting... Can we call it atmospheric pressure... What do you say? 14 PSI? Yep, 14 to 15. Okay. All right, I'm going to give you a bunch of of things. Yep. And you tell me where you think they sit relative to atmospheric pressure. Yep. The constriction of a python. Oh, these are obscure things. Cool. The constriction... I I hear typing. Oh, no, this is just me trying to figure out how many real pressure units are in a PSI. (laughs) As if I would know the real, like, the KPA value for... (laughs) Python constriction. Convert it to Python. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, the constriction of a Python. Uh, ooh, uh, 1,500 PSI. Love that answer, because that's what I would have said. Yeah. Really fascinating. Seven. Oh, it's less? It's, it's really low. Half of all they're, all they're doing, they're not crushing bones. They're not do- no. All they're doing is just stopping breathing. That's all they're doing. Is that enough? Yeah. An extra... In the right place. Yeah. Wow, that's actually quite smart for them. Yeah. Also, what's fascinating is they have very sensitive bodies. So they so do I. Squeeze, squeezing, <laughs> hello, <laughs> squeezing you takes a ton of energy for them. Oh. So they can sense when your heartbeat stops and they immediately unconstrict. Otherwise, they like, yeah, too much you know how cheetahs, if cheetahs sprint too long, they overheat. Yeah. Yeah, same thing for pythons. If they constrict too long, they die. So they can feel your heartbeat stop, and they immediately deconstrict. Damn. Completely off topic, but fun fact. Yeah. Uh, David Horn has the world record grip strength. What do you think his PSI is? This is going to be more strength. than... So we've learned the, the python is less than you'd expect. This has got to be more than that. This is going to be more than an atmosphere's pressure. That'd be silly. Uh, I'm going to go 
32 PSI. 720. Damn it! <laughs> this is difficult. Wow. But now I think I think now it should get easier. That's context. Okay. Right? Yeah, David I've got, Horn. I've got, I've got a bracket. David very Horn strong. and a fucking Python. <laughs> I think the Python is is an outlier. I think in like my it. mind. Dave, David Horn, strongest grip strength in the world. That's pretty solid. Right? Yep. And that's grip strength as well. So it's not different to the next one, which is the PSI. If you got punched in the face by Mike Tyson. Oh. 500. Wouldn't, wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. 1,800. All right. I am undershooting now. All right. I'm ready for the next one. Alligator One bite. million. <laughs> no, no. That's not my guess. Carry on. Alligator bite. Huge. They've got massive jaw pressure, don't they? But 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 only for closing. That's the whole thing, right? Only f- if you get it, yeah, they right. can't open their jaws. They're just like, eh. Elastic band could keep it closed, right? <laughs> that's yeah. unbelievable. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah, in the whole world. You heard me. Uh, alligator. It's like Lloyd and then alligator bite facts. <laughs> no, reverse. Alli- not even bite facts. Alligator mouth opening facts. <laughs> I think it was shit bite facts that. are like fourth or fifth. Yeah, reverse bite facts. Um, so, so Mike Tyson's 1800. The grip strength dude is 700. Alligator mm-hmm. bite's... It's got to be more than Mike Tyson. 5,000. 2,100. Okay, well, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting closer to the ballpark. You're I getting think. closer. Now, what, what impresses me about that initially is like, holy shit, Mike Tyson punches really fucking hard. But, but if then Mike I was Tyson thinking that were to punch against an times. alligator bite, he would lose. Yes, he would lose. But also an alligator's 2,100 PSI is impacting you with all of its teeth at different points of your leg or whatever. Whereas Mike Tyson is hitting you, One every spot. aspect of his strength is going into like your cheekbone. Whereas an alligator bite is like your whole head. Anyway, it's <laughs> still it's still impressive. By the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not surviving. Like yeah. I may as well just stick my head in and end it quickly. Yeah, fair enough. I'm impressed. Like Mike Tyson's 1800 psi. I feel sorry for all the people that had to fight against him. Yeah. Um, okay. The 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 hydraulic. Uh, squishy press thing on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen those videos. Oh, hydraulic hydraulic press. press thing. There are so many different versions of that. Whatever it's been designed to, Lloyd, that's the answer. Uh, about 3,000 PSI. Yeah, okay. Seems legit. All right, here we go. <clears throat> the bottom of the Mariana Trench. That's like seven miles or something, isn't it? That sounds about Deepest right. point on the ocean. Yep. And right about there. atmospheric pressure doubles every... Oh, it's Ooh, like, some math. It's like every three or ten, maybe three meters, ten meters. Uh, we're not. We're, we're, we're making it sound like we're doing some math, and now I'm just going to spit out a high number. Great. Ten thousand. Oh, yeah, decent, decent guess. Sixteen thousand. Yeah. Okay. Not bad. And then to put that in perspective, uh, the last one I have is a bullet, both the impact and the chamber pressure. Oh, God, I don't know. Loads. Yeah, impact is 1,500. Because that's so, like, instantaneous. Yeah, so it's 1,500 in a really tiny spot on your body. Yeah. The chamber pressure Massive. of... And this is from a 9 millimeter, like, a relatively small caliber yeah, gun. is 35,000. Woo! Take that, ocean. So <laughs> almost exactly double the bottom of the Mariana Trench. So if we had but the also, ocean like, fighting the army, the army would... <laughs> army would... Army would dominate. Home... PSI, regular everyday life is 15. 
the bottom of the ocean is 16,000. Yeah. And I tried to Google, like, what would happen. And everyone was like, no one knows. You would die, but no one knows how. What it would look like. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's impossible to to squish. You would. I don't even know. Because no one's gone from 15 to 16,000, right? It's like you've Uh, gone slowly and been compressed and, like, and you've got the bends or whatever, but, like, no one really knows if you just, like, snapped your fingers. Surely you would just be, like, (laughs) flattened. (laughs) You have to assume it's very cartoony. (laughs) Right. That's what I wanted. I wanted someone to say, imagine getting slapped with a mallet by Tom and Tom and Jerry. Like, that's what it would be like. Yeah. Except you wouldn't, like, sprawling back to, like, run rampant pranks with him. You you would die. No, you'd splatter. Yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy my game? It was a little more analytical than I thought it would be. No, I, thor- I thoroughly enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it. I apologize I didn't do better. Sorry to the people and to you, I guess. No need to apologize to me. I had a great time. Great. Let's return to science real quick. That, the whole thing was science. I, yeah, but it was a game, so it felt like fun. Science is a game. Hooray. I'm returning to the CSIRO Massive again. Uh, Can't wait. They didn't make these cameras just for the specific ABC article that I read. Oh. Oddly enough. Uh, And if they did, that is a conspiracy worth investigating for its own merits. There have been plenty of dope science voyages of discovery by the CSIRO and other research bodies around the world. So I obviously had to dredge up. I tried because I was a little disappointed with the lack of sea monsters, despite our wonderful revelation that there is still biodiversity in the world. I wanted some scary things like the black swallow fish, right? Or whatever you call it. Yeah. But like 500 meters long. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But I wanted to keep it linked to the CSIRO cameras. So they did a similar survey around the Christmas and Cocos Islands. Uh, sometime last year so still also relevant this showed up some weirdos as well so there was a a bathysaurus mollus more commonly known as the high Mm. fin lizard fish which sounds awesome great name yeah it similarly looks like an ugly deep sea fish it's got like it's like sickly white and it's got the bug eyes and it's got the rows of tiny razor sharp teeth that kind of appear to be outside its mouth and it just just looks gross i just wanted to highlight the one because it looked gross i wanted to call it out as an ugly fish yeah, eat shit, high-finned lizard fish. fish. <laughs> this one was my favorite. There was a tripod fish. It's a single fishy boy that has three fins that act as legs. So it, like, stands up off the ocean floor to help it catch stuff. So Google tripod fish now. It looks very silly. Yeah, it's like... It's... No, I like that. I quite like that. Yeah, I'm into it. And just kind of stands off the ocean floor. It looks a bit strange. Yeah. But yeah. I dig it. My favorite is the deep sea batfish, who is not the crime-fighting savior of the darkest corners of the ocean, but is instead oh, that we know of. <laughs> that we know of is instead a small ocean-going dumpling. He <laughs> looks just like a dumpling. <laughs> Isn't it good? It's one uh, of those. It's a steamed dumpling. Yeah, it is. So, for the people that are not googling at the same time as us, which you should be, follow along. It's a semi. It's like semi-translucent. Kind of looks like a steamed dumpling. Uh, with a small, like, humanish kind of face. Face? Humanish face. <laughs> Welcome to Ostrich. But- <laughs> Here's a humanish face. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it kind of looks like the grumpy fish or the ugly fish or whatever it's called. The uh, blobfish. Blobfish, which I'll get to in a hot second. Um, but it's, it looks like it's got a sad human face. It's got a silly tail and little flippy floppies at the back. It's just a it's an ugly little fish. But I like that it was described as an ocean-going dumpling. <laughs> It's pretty cute. Yeah, that one's all in right. In certain pictures. But like, yeah. we, like we said, it reminds me a bit of the blobfish, which obviously everyone remembers. It did the rounds on the internet. I'm sure it's done it multiple times, actually. 
She looks like a sad, ugly, saggy flesh blob with a weirdly human face. But, are you, do you have a but, or can I interject? I was going to just describe it a bit more, I guess. The, the blobfish looks like that in the famous pictures. Yeah. Because of pressure. Pressure. Because of them PSIs, bro. I mean, it's not like we've got photos of it underwater and you're like, oh my God, is that the Brad Pitt of fish? That's not great. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great description. So it was trawled from the deep water on the Norfolk Ridge, which is somewhere off northwest of New Zealand in 2003, uh, and has regularly been voted the world's... Oh shit, bro. (laughs) Look at this fish I got. (laughs) God damn it. It's the fucking ugliest fush I've ever seen, bro. because oh, it looks a bit like you. Uh, that would make an ugly fush and chops. It, it certainly would. Deep fried blobfish. You're right. It looks ugly because Captain Blobby is made of jelly flesh and water rather than a skeleton and muscle uh, in order to withstand the mega pressures of the deep water. So when he's brought up from his pressure to like normie pressure, where us normies live, uh, he goes all floppy. Like that. Yeah, but if you're a blobfish underwater, you're right. He's not, he's not a soup, he's not a model fish, but he looks more like a fish than a blob. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like meme him like you would as we did. Yeah. You'd be like, here's an ugly fish. And everyone would be like, I've never actually looked into why he's blobby. And you mentioned jelly flesh. Yeah. So he doesn't have a cartilaginous, <laughs> made that up, made that up right now. Cartilaginous. <laughs> He doesn't have a like a bone-like structure. It's just fleshy jelly muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's right. I I, I read maybe one sentence on that. No, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, uh, that's that's the that's the weird and creepy things from the ocean. Well, thank you for sharing your weird, creepy, deep ocean things. None of them are mine, Lloyd. No, nah, but you got them and you brought them to us. <laughs> I fished them. One one good. Story. I've. I've just scrolled up and found one more fact. Hit me. It's the deepest manned voyage. Ooh. Ooh, can I guess? Of course you can. Well, thank you. Uh, so I'll give you the, the deets without the deets. Victor Vescovo. Ooh. He journeyed X number of distances yep. to what is known as the Challenger Deep, which is the southern end of the Mariana Trench. Nice. So may not necessarily be the deepest part. It could be the deepest part. It could be the shallowest part of the deepest part. But hit me with a number. Um, what is it measured in? I have meters and feet. All right, we'll go I meters. don't have the PSI. 5,212 meters. It's not a bad guess. You're about 100% off. <laughs> 10,927 meters. Oh, that's quite deep, eh? It's pretty insane to think about a person... Victor being, and this I think this was um, fairly recently as well, being yeah. 10, almost 11 kilometers under the surface of the ocean. I mean, that's lower than Mount Everest is high, isn't it? Way lower, yeah, Mount right? Mount Everest's 8,000 something meters. I yeah, think. so it's like five, almost five times lower than the height of Everest. Nope. <laughs> if you're correct. I said 8,000 meters. He was at 10... Oh, eight, I thought you said feet. No, no, 8,000 meters. meters. Sure yeah, 8, yeah, meters, yeah, yeah. So like 1.2. Yeah. That's deep. Which is crazy. Yeah. He also said, I don't have the quote here, but he said like, it's not only awesome that I got to do it, but it's awesome that we have equipment that can withstand yeah. that. Because it's one thing to send like a camera down there where you can just like cram yeah. strength in. But he sat in there and breathed and was like, 
relatively comfortable with. You would have been so like, I would have peed myself. So if he, if he had just like, he drifted off and he wakes up and he's like, oh, just open a window. <laughs> he's Slap. covering the inside of that submarine. <laughs> oh, and the submarine's crashing on him because it would have been a pressurized cabin. So yeah, death, death mm. all around. Uh, that feels like a good place to end this segment, Lloyd. It does. Segment slash, um, I have to do something now. Yep. Uh. Boo. Are you about to get me started, Lloyd? Or is it up and tweeting? (laughs) No, I'm not. What are you about to do? I'm about to up and tweet at someone. Are you? Episode two. The return of hashtag up and tweeting. I'm thrilled. Who have you twouted? (laughs) I've twouted at who I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, and if you do correct me because I'm wrong, you're dead to me. Okay. Might be one of the few celebrities on the planet universally loved. Okay, I'm excited. Would you like to take a guess? It's not Tom Hanks. Well, it's not Tom Hanks. We've done Jack Black, so hopefully it's not him. Uh, nope. I think most people love Dan Radcliffe, but I feel like we might have done him as well. Oh, God, I do fucking love Dan Radcliffe. Um, and I do love fucking Dan Radcliffe. <laughs> hey. Uh, no, it is too... Robert Irwin, son of late great Steve Irwin. I think I think most people do quite like him. You're not a fan? Are we bad to have a fallen out? Like I don't know if I would hang out with him regularly. Oh, I think he's I think he's a ledge. So anyway, you twouted upon him, uh, and we'll say that everyone loves him. I said <clears throat> at Robert Irwin. Up for a giggle, mate? <laughs> It'll take less than forty five minutes to come on our show and have a laugh which is way less time than it takes a box jellyfish to kill you. In brackets, not a threat. <laughs> Perfect. That, I mean, that sounds reasonable to me, and I would be, I'd be, as a fellow Robert, I'd be all over that. Fuck! I didn't even think to the leverage that you're a Robert. Ah, well, look, do it again and report back next week, assuming, assuming he's not coming to hang out with us. No, 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 13 views, zero comments, zero likes, zero retweets. 13 views, though, that's up. <laughs> was it all you I can't... go back to check <laughs> <laughs> refresh 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 <laughs> would, would love to have an Irwin on the show I would love him for the episode yeah I could, yeah. I could do that yeah hopefully he doesn't listen right. to this episode but that's enough up for tweeting hooray we did it hey Lloyd what did you learn this week uh, I learned <clears throat> that 19th century doctors used milk for quote unquote blood transfusions yeah I mean, there's not much more to that. That's a that's a one-liner, isn't it? It's dumb as hell. Like, <laughs> but I guess we're looking at that. We often have this discussion when we talk about strange things from hundreds to thousands of years ago yep. that seem common sense to us. Yep. And it's like, maybe it wasn't then. I mean, it must not have been. <laughs> yeah, it must not have been. Idiots, though. Uh, and I'll get to why that's real stupid later on. Please do. History of, of blood transfusions. In 1666, in London, at the Royal Society. I had to look up what the Royal Society was, because it sounded culty. It seems to me like a group of scientists who just get together and just have meetings. I think I read... Is it more than that? No, pretty much, but I think they were all rich, learned people. But in, in the 1600s, there's not a lot of peasants that are like... All right, Jeff. Could I have a look at your blood, mate? I just want to have a quick. <laughs> I guess I've got a lamb here, and I'm going to try and transfuse some of that into you. I don't think that happened a lot pre like 19th century. Yeah, when they put all of the peasants into the West Country, <laughs> just put them in a fence. <laughs> um, okay, so 1666 in the the Royal Society in London. London. Richard Lauer, 
who was a physician and surgeon, he transfused blood between dogs using the the this the hard bit of a goose quill, like what you uh, would write yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, like hollowed it out, made made a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F- between between the the necks, between jugular veins. Like yes, great science, terrible. Yeah, honestly, like I would rather do science on two scientists than on two dogs but maybe that's just about who i am as a person one year later moving on from the dogs um a young lad who had been treated for fever with like uh leeches he was bloodletted oh yeah and was obviously quite sick because he ran out of blood (laughs) received a transfusion from a lamb and he survived um it was jean baptiste denise denise who (laughs) gave him (laughs) do you reckon it's supposed to be dennis uh, either way is funny, honestly. Yeah. Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> Dennis gave him lamb blood, uh, believing that as lambs were the symbol of the blood of Christ, it made sense that that was the purest blood you could get. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, yeah. It does. Uh, flawless. The boy survived. He did it a few more times, and in the fine print, the next few more times, everybody died. <laughs> yep. Uh, in 1668, because of all those people that died, um, blood transfusions were prohibited by the the Chatelet, 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 whatever you want to say. Who was that? Uh, it seems French. I don't know. They seemed they seemed to be doing stuff. Yeah, they, I think it seems like French people were doing things. Yeah. Uh, they banned it, basically. I think and at, the blood same, trans- at the same time, also the Royal Society banned it. Everyone was a bit like, ooh. Yeah, and then people were like, all right, blood transfusions, they just don't work. And then it was basically like 150, 200 years of people assuming that. Yeah, just before you move on to when it comes back into into play, I think... Far away. After the and the Royal Society banned it, the Vatican also jumped on board and was like, No! So just a cheeky little holy condemnation to add to the mix. Oh, good. They just wanted to jump on. Yeah. Jump the bandwagon. And also, I think just before they did ban it, people were thinking of it like, yeah, holy blood of the lamb will fix people. But also, like, maybe transfusing blood from certain animals could help impart different characteristics to people. Like, blood from a gentle lamb might quiet the tempestuous spirit of an agitated person. And shy people could be made more fun by giving blood from more sociable creatures. Because, Lloyd, we have to fix all the broken people to be more normal and not accept them as who they are. <laughs> exactly. So yes. it makes Fuck a, broken people. Makes, makes a lot of sense. There was also uh, a couple of experiments with particularly testosterone-filled monkeys trying to, like, take their glands and inject them into, into men. testosterone-filled. I can't remember the exact species or breed, but, yeah, they were, yeah, like, okay. trying to do some weird things. Cool. It wasn't until really the early 1900s where Karl Landsteiner of Austria discovered the human blood groups, A, B, and O. He won a Nobel Prize. And then a few years later, Ludwig Hechtowen figured out that blood typing could be used to make transfusions safer by categorizing who donated what blood and who's getting what blood. So Karl Landsteiner and Ludwig Hechtowen... Um, they are said to have, uh, uh, those discoveries about blood groups and blood typing for blood transfusions are said to have saved over 1 billion lives. Whoa. Which is 
pretty huge. That's that's like uh, penicillin level saving human life. Yeah, I mean, once you start to transfuse transfuse blood based on its actual blood type, way less people die. Strange, right? Yeah, almost none of them. <laughs> but in between injecting lamb blood and figuring out how to save lives, Dr. James Bovell and Edwin Hodder, they injected milk into humans during the cholera epidemic yep. in... In Canada, eh? Hey. Um, and it was actually Dennis who uh, inspired them um, with his lamb transfusion. Oh, yeah. And they thought that he might have been onto something. Yeah. Um, and his, his at the beginning of, of the, 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 the fact, we talked about how this sounded stupid. Yes. His, here's where I lose faith. Like, if you were like, oh, I'm running out of blood, and you're like, the 1600s, you're like, just try some lamb blood. I'd be like, yeah, it looks the same. Yeah. Blood's blood, right? Just yeah. put some blood in me. Yeah. These guys were like, quote, the minute oil and fatty particles found in milk would be turned into white corpuscles of the blood. No, 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 no. I mean, but That's it makes, fucking stupid. I think at that point they knew that there were white blood cells. Yeah, but they took it so literally. It's the same colorloid. It makes they, sense. They thought that milk would regenerate white blood cells. And I guess that milk comes out of the teat of a cow. And I, I'm trying not to judge them from a position of 2023 privilege with our minimal Googled knowledge, which is like the most amount of knowledge anyone would ever have the previous 10,000 years of human yeah. knowledge. But come on. It seems dumb. But like, yeah, why, why lamb's milk? Why not just get some mayo up in there? <laughs> or white paint. They would have had white paint. Why, why would it, that sure. regenerate? White, chalk. White Put blood. some chalk in me. A bit of chalk. What else is white? What about some supremacy? Uh, there was... <laughs> 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 so, it was all pretty serious stuff. I did read one hilarious thing that they injected a fellow with milk and they came back and they were like, well, he seems lively and he's got full of energy. Uh-huh. And then someone else was like, well, he did go to the tavern immediately after. <laughs> hey. So... I read He's this one had drunk. a similar uh, fine print. The first guy improved, and then the next five died. Yeah, and the first guy improved because he was pissed drunk. Perfect. So it could have been that he improved, and they met him. And they're like, oh, you seem happy. And then they left, and he immediately, immediately died. died. But they just like kept... Yeah, and then a bunch of people died. But it seems like they, people did this for like 10 years. It's like, it's not time. like after their first five deaths, everyone was like, nah, maybe not. It was like, yeah, that seems like a good idea. And then well, I feel it, like at that period in time, if someone is dying of something and you inject milk into a person and then one in, I don't know, 15 people, improves, yeah. you're like, oh, well, that's better than it's the best science we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. And I guess those are the steps, right, to like inventing penicillin that saves like everyone. You've got to start with the like, let's save... Like one in five hundred people is better than everyone dying of shitting their pants. Yeah, <laughs> is that what it was? Which is how I imagine the Middle Ages was. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! My steak was undercooked. I'm out. <laughs> and then just it's like the deep water splat, but the opposite from your butt. <laughs> <laughs> that's Dear me. yeah, that's wild. So I'm glad. Like I think t- ten years seems like a long time, but based on what you've just said, you're probably right. It took a little while for them to figure out that maybe this like color matching theory is a little bit bullshit, and we should try something else. I have a question for you. Uh, I don't know anything, so. So we we look back at the 1600s, and we're like fucking morons injecting milk into people. I'm so glad 
that we have antibiotics and we have yeah. like Panadol and stuff. Yeah. Do you think in 400 years they're yes. going to be like, look at these fucking dipshits that were like getting surgery, like a bunch Can't, of morons. Yeah, just cutting out cancer and hoping it'll go away. What a bunch of idiots. Yeah. Like, what do you like? You think that's going to look totally different? Yeah. 400 years. That's so many years. Load. But I also feel like there's been in human history, like we were leeches, swords, bow and arrows for so long. And then there was this like rapid period that we're probably still in of advancement. Do you think there's like a diminishing returns and uh, eventually I do not. things will slow? So like in a hundred years, things will look pretty much the same. Or do you think that we'll keep advancing? I think we will keep advancing until we destroy the planet. Yeah, you started off so positively that I, and I agree with you on both of those things. Yeah. So if, if we can keep ourselves alive long enough, I believe we will keep advancing. I have a couple of weird history things and then a churchill thing um i would love to hear what you've researched so loads of blood transfusion technology developed because of world war one and world war two obviously um apparently so yeah like people were like oh because they needed blood to try to keep people alive to keep fighting the war so people developed blood banks better methods of transfusion blah 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 some of the interesting things from that was uh the page i was reading there was a picture of a hectic double-headed syringe so it's like mm. syringe that you would stick into two people and like transfuse on the job. Oh, so you could pull one out, inject yeah. one in straight away. Yeah. Used, wow. Apparently it was used by the Russians for frontline transfusions. So you plug it into a healthy guy and you stick it into the guy that's bleeding out and pump away. That's wow. crazy. I thought that like... Yeah. Ugh. I don't hate it. I could see why on the front lines but you like, could think that would be helpful. Yeah, except the fact that you definitely haven't cleaned anything and don't all... fucking put it in me yeah. but i can see why they think it would make sense yeah. uh, in world war ii britain was getting donations from the public like they did blood drives like back on home turf stocking blood yep. and distributing it from centralized depots which is basically what we do now um, but on a grand yeah. scale but both the u.s and german army started off by expecting all soldiers at the front line to be regularly bled to supply the medical requirements for blood transfusions wow isn't that that seems like why not? Never what about all before. the people back at home? Just take their blood. Yeah. bring it. I don't know. I guess they probably had issues with like transport and stuff. That was well. Did they also? Scene. Maybe they didn't realize that. I get they Surely you must have known that taking blood from someone makes them, at the very least, like a little tired. Yeah, it was probably not like every day everyone was bled and they put it in a big bucket. Like I, it was probably done. Smart. Why are all our <laughs> troops so drowsy? <laughs> probably done. Yeah, that's why they gave them all. Um, what did they give them all? Acid, ice. Yeah, yeah. crystal. <laughs> meth whatever delicious yeah. uh, but they i assume there's some like the guys that are you know off duty or or off the sure, front line for yeah. a bit you're bled blah blah whatever uh but then yeah apparently there are also stories of the nazis in eastern europe using captured children as repeated involuntary blood donors which is terrible god every time you hear about the nazis you're like well maybe and then it's like no <laughs> they're the bad guys what do you mean what part of that be like oh this seems like a good idea <laughs> is it when they said no, captured just... children or <laughs> They're just. I'm just saying that the bad guys, Rob. But you're right. They are the bad guys. Using using milk didn't work as a blood replacement, but obviously there are loads of medicines derived from the study of animals and how they interact with the world. And we have used compounds found in nature to treat various ailments for eons, Lloyd. Eons. Eons. So I have some of those that are terrible and some of those that are good. Ooh. Do you want them? I can't wait. You can't have them. They're mine. Give them to me right now. <laughs> yes, sir. 
so you know there's like people oh no i actually i just read the good ones i started off with a you know there are various people that grind up seahorses and rhino horns to mix with tea to like superstitiously oh, heal yeah, everything and give you huge penis or whatever um oh actually speaking of that i saw what, a funny article <laughs> yeah speaking okay. of my huge penis uh-huh. no i saw um an article that was like african conservationists have figured out a way to protect rhino horns and it was giving the guards that protect rhinos the right to shoot on sight great idea <laughs> yeah hugely for that it's not that kind of medicine but apparently like by isolating venoms and secretions and studying their chemical makeup and following real science we have developed proper drugs that actually do useful things oh for example inaxotide so i mean i say venoms and secretions because that's where like animal science is like yep loads of uh like really targeted really like um complex reactions that just exist in nature that you can study and be like oh that's how this does that which is pretty cool so inaxotide is a drug prescribed in the market for type 2 diabetes and it was originally extracted from the saliva of the gila monster and now I obviously had to immediately look up the Gila monster. So cool. Do you know what it is? What is it? No, just no. the name. Yep. Cool name. <laughs> Good. Uh, it's not some mega monster. It's just like a nice, colorful, venomous lizard from Southwest USA and Northern Mexico. Mm. It's pretty cool, but it's not mega okay. or wildly scary or anything. So that's cool. Uh, zinc- zinconotide is used to treat chronic pain and is extracted from cone snail venom. Again, I immediately had to Google cone snails because A, I didn't know snails were venomous and B, cone snail sounds like it might look pretty silly. So it looks like a regular cone-shaped ocean shell with a snail in it. So it's not as exciting uh, as I'd hoped. But, yeah, but it is venomous. It's venomous and it has its own harpoon, Lloyd. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Uh, so basically it has venomous teeth that are individually packed in little sacks. And then it uses a burst of muscle contraction to literally fire its teeth at prey and harpoon them. And then it injects the venom that paralyzes them. All right. Now we're talking. Which is awesome because they're snails. So they have to make the thing stop so they can get to it. Yeah. Yeah. They're so slow. <laughs> so slow. So I reckon it would be. All right. I'm a fan. Yeah. I reckon it'd be quite anticlimactic to be like, bam. And then you just watch for 10 minutes while the snail. <laughs> and then like. Watches it catch the current. It's like, oh, God. Fuck again. <laughs> Ah, but yeah, pretty good. Apparently, most species of cone snail, if you were to be harpooned by a cone snail as a person, it would just be like a bee sting. But some of the bigger ones can be fatal. Ooh. Pretty cool. It reminds me of stonefish. You know those? Those yeah. like fucking yeah. nightmare fish. Awful. Awful. So na- nature is yeah. amazing. Once more. That, that's, that's what I got. Very cool. That's what I wanted to tell you. Awesome. I have four weird historical treatments and then a churchill thing okay first thing soothing syrup that was given to babies to soothe teething and treat diarrhea Oh, whiskey right uh whiskey and morphine (laughs) even better (laughs) yep perfect the next one is my my explanation is just yep (laughs) and the name of it is a tobacco enema oh yep Yep. <laughs> they thought that would do a thing. Did it, what did they think it would do? Treat almost everything, but like digestive problems and stomach problems and diarrhea and 
was it that just didn't. was that tobacco almost... tobacco company funded science <laughs> <laughs> yeah very likely like definitely uh, this one was interesting people used to rub live snails onto burns but actually snail slime does contain therapeutic antioxidants that scientists today still extract to use in skin treatments yeah nice so that's so, like one of the pretty cool legit one. ones where certain plants people have used for stuff and it's because there's something in that plant that actually does something useful and then we've yeah taken a very it, cool one taken it and concentrated it or whatever on the flip side of that accurate scientific evidence uh-huh. ali ibn isa al kahanal okay. in the 10th century yep rob what do you think as a treatment of migraines what do you think he recommended and if you guess this i will let you name my firstborn child oh wow stakes are high so he's come up with something that's tre- treatment for migraines and it's probably from nature or it's no, from it's nature a weird treatment it's definitely from nature Um. Uh, is it butt stuff still? No butt stuff. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm drawing a blank. I can't th- I can't think of anything crazy. Uh, let's just he... go with. Hold on. Uh, okay. Uh, it's gonna be like eating something poisonous. No. Okay. He recommended placing upon one's head Uh-oh. a dead mole. A dead mole. That's it. You just, you find a dead mole and yeah. you just wear it like a hat. That'll well, treat your migraines. I mean, it's pretty simple. I like that. Simplicity. Oh, it's simple. Yeah, that's probably why it appealed to people in the 10th century. Probably didn't do anything. Probably they, he was like, do it for three days and it'll cure it. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, magical. but that's when migraines go away. <laughs> they didn't know, Lloyd. They didn't know. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm trying I'm trying to view it. I'm going to give it objectively. a uh, And my Churchill fact. Yes. I, th- I thought you would do it on Sealand because of the direct link to World War Two, but here we are. No, that was that seemed too easy because of World War Two. Like I could have done anything. Like oh, Churchill also, existed. Also, Sealand Here's a was, link. Sealand was last episode ages ago. Uh, so carry on. Milk blood makes sense. Stop touching your microphone. I'm sorry. I'm I'm fiddling. I'm a fiddler. I know. Me too. Um, Churchill. That was my impression of a fiddle. <clears throat> it was perfect. Uh, we started talking about how people used to do weird things. We didn't start. We finished. Everything was about how people did weird things with medicine. <laughs> yes. Um, Winston Churchill was... Loved weird butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finger up the ass. Couldn't get enough. No. He was prescribed by his doctor... Yep. Good. Methamphetamines. Like the rest of everyone in that time. Yep. And his prescription was likely made more sense than other people because he was spending quite literally like 18 to 20 hours a day in the london bunkers yes yeah, chaos that's how he did it he was cooked up on saved, saved the world the issue is that he then was obviously highly addicted when the war ended yeah and it probably if not caused highly exaggerated what killed him which was cerebral arteriosclerosis which is the bad. hardening of the arteries of the brain oh, damn. which is probably caused by him taking meth every day for like 40 years i mean he was still pretty old so it's not like it killed him super young no he was pretty old when he went in like world war ii he wasn't he yeah. wasn't like in his 20s like exactly. he lived a decent life but it likely exacerbated exacerbated <laughs> yeah yeah so he took meth. his doctor prescribed him meth and my doctor 
did not. Unbelievable. Bullshit. Yeah, what the fuck, Lloyd's doctor? My doctor was like, go for a run, eat more <laughs> leafy greens. Fuck you. <laughs> Your doctor sounds like they need to see a doctor. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, that's all I had. Great job. We did it. Giggle Mugs episode two, season five slash two. I'm, oh, I'm getting a bit tired. Send us all the things that you need, want, and desire, and we'll deal with it, all right? Not meth. We can't have fast. They can't do that anymore. Okay. Everything else. Can't get meth. Yeah. And insert uh, outro. Pew, 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 pew. Thank you so much for listening. Send your complaints and any questions you have for Sean to gigglemugspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at gigglemugspod, so drop us a follow and interact with us there. And if you want to listen to the whole back catalogue, including the previous Unintelligent Chat Show episodes, you can find us on all good streaming platforms where podcasts be. We would appreciate if you could uh, you know, share us around and leave us a review. That would help us out. And cheerio. Cheerio. I don't like that. And cheerio. I hated that too. Maybe I just don't like the way I sound. <laughs> There's got to be something good in there.